Hey, Tim, we'll be on the run. Well, welcome to Romans 6. Quick recap. Paul has done this incredible letter and it's like a doctrinal thesis paper. Actually, it's quite intense. And as you wrestle with this, you can feel the intensity of it. And what he's done is he's basically equalized the Jew and Gentile or those who are legalists and those who are liberal um, and said, you know what, we need to put equal. We are all sinners saved by grace, but we are all saved the same way. We are saved through Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. The atonement of sin is the only way that we are saved. And we are so grateful for that. Then last um a couple of chapters, he produced Abraham and said, you know, my um, my evidence for saying that we are saved by grace, not through works or through the law or through circumcision is Abraham because the law came 400 years after Abraham was actually declared righteous and Abraham wasn't circumcised at that point. Circumcision actually comes in a couple of chapters later. So he kind of produces and then he says two at these two Adams. First Adam was Adam who declared sin over the world. And the second Adam, the final Adam, is Jesus who declared salvation over the whole world and redeemed the situation. And here we sit as we jump into chapter 6. Let's jump in. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We therefore buried with we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the father we too may live a new life for if we have been united with him in in a death like his we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we, die, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourselves to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace." What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I'm using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow, we're getting heavier and heavier, aren't we, in this, in this wrestle with Romans. And 
I know as I wrestle with this in my class, you know, there's some really discussions, there's some heavy discussions coming up about this balance between, well, am, is sin in control or is, is my flesh in control or am I, is my life in Christ? And at that point of salvation, we've been wrestling with this at, in, in Romans, at that point of salvation, the gospel inter, interacted with your life. When you got saved, that gospel power, that gospel sin atonement, cleansing you of sin, washing you clean, setting you free. The chains that were around your wrists fell off and you were free. You were, When you were baptized, Paul's saying here, you were baptized and you were, it's like a death experience and you were born again. You came up out of that water, born again in the spirit into a new life. And I love this essence of Paul, of the finality of, of the cross, of the this you have the finality and the power of the cross over everything that he says. Now, when he wrestles with this, with this guys, look, he's, he's being a bit sarcastic in the beginning. Did you hear it? He says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? He's basically saying, you know, because I've got so much grace, because God loves me so much and Jesus got so much grace over my life, should I just keep on sinning? And he says, by no means. We are those who died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? He's saying you are dead to sin. Sin should not let, your body shouldn't react to sin. When you are dead to something, you can you can kick something that's dead. You can shake something that's dead. It, it, it's gone. And that's what he's saying. Your body and your flesh no longer should react to sin. Your body and your flesh should be so inactive towards sin. It should. It's dead to sin. And that's what we've got to declare over ourselves that we are dead to sin because sometimes our body does react. Sometimes, you know, sin is is enticing. Sin, sin is temptation. But we've got to declare over ourselves that, no, we are not going to abuse grace just because we have grace over our life. We are going to be dead to sin, and I love this. And do, Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? He's, he's expanding on this dead to sin element. He's saying, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. It's this essence of when you when you were in the waters of baptism, your baptism was kind of like going down under, you know, being buried in Christ but in water and then being raised and born again, just like being birthed out of the canal again. And thank goodness we don't have to do that, but being raised and born again, you get a new new inheritance, a new genealogy, you get new lineage. You are now under the lineage of Christ. This is beautiful essence of starting again. Now you've got to think Romans. To be born again in, in Rome means that your status has changed because you were born into your status in Rome. Your stat, your birth determined your status. Your birth determined how you were going to live out your life. Your birth determined were you going to be a free person, were you going to be a Roman citizen, were you going to be born into the aristocracy. You know, they didn't choose to go into the aristocracy or choose to go into slavery. They were born into it. And he's basically saying, guys, you you got born again and you now have, you know, you are back in the lineage of Christ and you are born into this essence of a status dead to sin. And I, it's, it's got so much power when you think about it from a Roman perspective. For if we have been united with him in, in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. He's saying, you know what, when we get to the end, we're going to be resurrected. It's going to be so exciting. For we know, um, know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, 
that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. He's saying it again. He's saying if you are dead, you're set free from sin. Those chains have gone. Sin does not have any any um, rule over you or mastery over you. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. And he's saying, let's not focus on the death side of things all the time. Just know that you are dead to sin. When someone, something comes up into your life, TYB, and, and it's your addiction or it's something that, that triggers this in you, maybe it's gossiping or lying or whatever that is, or anger or violence, whatever it is that triggers something in you, then you've got to tell your body you're dead to that because you are alive in Christ. Your, your flesh is alive in Christ. The spirit of God within you is alive and your flesh is alive in Christ. And I love this essence. He's saying your body is dead to sin, but alive in Christ. Um, now, if, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. Can you feel this, this essence? For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he can't die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. It's like the, the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God. Now, this is this great battle and this great argument that I'm having with my students at the moment. In a world where we're, you know, we're, we're, we're in this world where sin is rampant and we're in this now and not yet, we have this declaration of dead to sin and we cannot wait to have a resurrected body where sin has no hold on us. But we're in the world at the moment. We're in the world, but not of it. And I love this essence of this wrestle of knowing that your flesh and your, your body is dead to sin and knowing that you are dead to sin. When that thing comes over you, it has no mastery over you. If you think that that, that um, issue in your life, whatever that is right now, TYB, it could be, you know, uh, whatever it is, if you think that issue, issue in your life has mastery over you, then that's that's a downfall right right there. That's that's a that's a slippery slope because you are going to succumb to that mastery. But if you know, like the scripture says right here, that you are dead to sin but alive to Christ, you focus on being alive to Christ, you focus on the life that He's given you, you focus on there's no condemnation, you focus on the, the victory of the cross. When you focus on that, that sin will wither. It's like feeding a plant. When you focus on um, a plant, and you feed it and you you know you give it vitamins you do all that sort of stuff when you when you water it it will grow and it's the same with your flesh and 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 your spirit here he's saying you know that dead sin is gone let it die don't feed it don't tempt it don't put it in situations where you're watering it let it die and he's saying but be alive to Christ go to church pray read your bible have this beautiful activation of your of alive to Christ and i love it therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. What is, what is he saying? Allow God to use you. And I love this essence because I've always thought instrument as a, a tool, you know, like a spoon or a, um, a spatula or a, a tongs or an instrument like that. But one of my students actually came out and said to me, it's like a, an instrument, like, like a musician. Don't offer yourselves to be to be played um, as an instrument of wickedness. Offer yourselves to be to be to be used by God as as a a harp of of um, you know righteousness and or a, you know a, a beautiful instrument of righteousness. Someone who portrays and 
this beautiful melody and it's the melody that you give out that allows this instrument of righteousness compared to this instrument of wickedness what what sound comes out of you is what she was saying and I thought that was such a beautiful interpretation of this text for sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law but under grace he's saying do not let sin have mastery over you because it doesn't again what are we tyb we are dead to sin and we are alive to Christ when it comes on to us, no, nope, we are dead to sin. I am dead to this. My body's not going to react to this. I am not going to feed this. I, I am dead to sin and I'm going to focus not on trying to concentrate on being dead because people don't concentrate on being dead. You're just dead. You, you, you concentrate on living your life. You concentrate on the life that God has given you. You concentrate on prayer and worship and, and the Holy Spirit filling every part of your body as an instrument of righteousness. So what then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Again, he repeats himself. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? Romans know this. Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, though, though you, that used to have mastery over you, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Hear the declaration over it. You have been, not are being. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I love this essence of declaration of have been. It's not being set free. You have been on the cross. You have been set free. When you got saved, you were set free from that sin. And and it's this essence of finality. Let it go. Don't tempt yourself. Don't water it. Let it go and walk into the beautiful blessing, which we're about to jump into in Romans 8, where it's life through the Spirit. Now, let me finish up here. It says, I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness because there's two paths here, guys. Can you you hear it? You can either sow into that path of, of, of sin and that goes to death. That leads straight to death. Or you can sow into the path of, of, of life, of the spirit, of righteousness, and that leads to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? He's like saying, what benefit was it when you when you, you allowed your body to do all that stuff? What benefit? Actually, the only benefit of it was shame. Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness. And the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, wow, what a scripture. Can I say, TYB, um, this beautiful wrestle of um, of what we're talking about now, being slaves to righteousness, the same mastery, the same sense of the, the Romans had here, that we are slaves to righteousness. We are slaves to um to God and not to yes to God to be an instrument to be used for his glory and I don't know about you sometimes the world portrays that the sinful life is the best life the sinful life is the party life and it's the fun life and it's the it's if you want life then you you should be involved in partying and you know that sort of an essence drugs and all that sort of stuff that's the life even I see movie stars and all these people famous people are like yeah of course I smoke weed and of course I do that and I think that is not life 
we, we have a generation growing up that thinking that that is normal life, that, that that's the way to get ahead, to be an influencer that does that sort of stuff and look at how fun they're, they're portraying that life as. And we need to know as Christians that that is not life. That is a deception of death. <laughs> Once you take the veil off that, once you once you come out of that scene and you're on your own, and like Paul says, you're a, you're an instrument of wickedness. You have that essence of this is leading to death, and we all know that feeling when we've we've been in that scene and been in that party atmosphere. But can I say, guys, you are on the right path. We have a life and life abundant, being an instrument of God's righteousness. It is not boring to be an instrument of God's righteousness. It, you are lacking nothing. You're not missing out. Don't get FOMO for the other life, fear of missing out. You are not missing out. And I think sometimes as Christians, when we have this beautiful essence of freedom and this beautiful essence of righteousness and an eternal life and having this life, we make it boring. We make it so boring that the people on the other side don't want to be involved. We make it so, come to church and be boring with me. Ah, uh, no, thank you. Uh, it's, it's, but it's not meant to be like that. Church and the experience of a Christian is meant to be so much more victorious, so much more life impacting, so much more amazing that the guys on the other side and the girls on the other side should be looking at us going, I want that. I want that life abundant. I want that life in freedom. I want to live that life. So guys, as Christians, it's really what Paul is saying here is there's two ways. You can live live dead to sin or you can live alive to Christ. There's only two sides. And you have to know that you are, and I love this scripture where he says, you know that, count yourself dead to sin. What does that mean? Know that you know that you know that you are dead to that sin. Whatever that sin is, if it's alcohol, if it's drugs, if it's uh, addictions, whatever that sin is, you are dead to that. Why? Because you have been born again. And I, I said to one of my students this week, I said, you're no longer, if you're born again, you're no longer living on the same planet. You're no longer living on the same planet. Let's, let's, let's put it as that far away, that you have been born again and your very being and your very nature is beautifully born again into this freedom in Christ. And I love that essence of the power of the cross to set you completely free. So guys, as I said, declare this, this morning, declare yourself dead to sin, declare yourself alive in Christ. And we're going to wrestle with the next chapter of Romans. So great having you here with us.